Welcome to the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. My name is Spike Eskin, along with... Uh, shoot, I didn't come up with anything clever to call you. You're, you're Mike Levin, the once again sleepy, just like old times, Mike Levin. Uh, we're back. Oh, look at how sleepy you are. We rarely record on a weekday early morning, but because of Mike's weekend schedule, we had to do it. We had to pump out a Ricky. We, had, we could not take a week off. L.L. Pavorsky would not allow us to do it. L.L. Pavorsky, of course, the official jeweler of the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast, where Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast listeners go to get engaged. It actually happened. We will tell you that a little later on. Uh, 707 Walnut in Philadelphia and always at LLPavorsky.com. Good morning, Mike. uh, We used used to record Ricky's in the early iteration on Wednesday mornings at like 6 a.m. my time. Yeah, yeah, it would be 9 a.m. my time, 6 a.m. your time. Yeah, that was that was for a while and that was that was actually before I think before I became program director at WIP. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And then and then of course doing the afternoon show here has has uh, thrown another wrench to the plan. So, yeah, we normally record th- Saturday mornings, but here we are on a Friday morning at uh at 7 a.m. L.A. time to discuss the process. Before we get into the process, I would discuss like... Discuss the process. I would like to... Uh, you know, well, I'll tell this in a second. I would like to make the announcement that the Rights to Ricky Sanchez bus trip to Brooklyn with fans of Philly is sold out. It Holy is, crap. Yeah, it is 100% sold out. Met a couple of dudes at the the game the other night that were going. Met a uh, an older, a 25-year season ticket holder at Chickie's the other day that's going. Um, I, uh, I got the email from my brother-in-law yesterday, and he said there are two seats left. And I, I was like, I'll tweet it out, and they'll be gone in 10 minutes. And they were gone in 10 minutes. So we have... We have two full buses sold and then 25 more people who live in New York who are going. So I think we have 125 people who are going to the game so far. So That is uh, unreal. For an 0-12 team to go play a what, a 1-10 team or a 2-10 team or whatever the hell the Nets are. It doesn't gonna, matter how, what the record is. They're so boring. Yeah, that yeah. It's even worse. We're going to be the only ones in there. It's going to be awesome. So... You guys, if you guys can, we gotta start thinking of chance for you to say. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so if you bought tickets, you will. Uh, it's four months away. So now, like, I know you want information <laughs> on how you're gonna get your shirt, where we're gonna meet. It's not till March. So we will. I will. I promise. This is all under control, and you will have all the information you need. Uh, treat, with, with, treat it like with it's a like a like it's just money you'll find in your pocket. In, yeah. Like a few months, just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it barely even exists at this point. So, yeah. but the the tickets are purchased and everything's good, and we'll have some surprises along the way. And I will. It's funny. Like I thought I was going to need the T-shirt design to sell out the buses, but I didn't. So, so we'll have the T-shirt announced soon, and maybe if the T-shirt is soup, you know, well. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that later. So the bus trip is sold out. Thank you. We're not adding a third bus. I can't deal with the tension of it. And like I was telling <laughs> – well, I was telling somebody else, I want to be able to – I'll ride down with one bus and ride back on the other bus so I make sure – You're it, like a chaperone. Yeah. Well, I mean I, I feel like in some crazy way people like – you know, it is – I know it sounds You're strange. like somebody's out-of-work dad. Yeah. Like we're, 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 like we're the leaders of this on some weird level. So it was You're funny. going to the Philadelphia Mint. Yeah. I was uh, – I was the Franklin Mint. The, oh, yeah. Franklin, Franklin Mint. I don't yeah. know what they're called. 
Come on. The, the uh, I was at I was at a work event last night. It was a big. It was a it was a dinner for like really big clients for the radio station, uh, of, like a certain type of client. And I walk in and I get introduced to a gentleman by one of our salespeople. And he was like, this is Alonzo from Einstein Health. He runs the marketing over at Einstein. Um, and I, we do a lot with Einstein. And I was like, great to meet you, man. He was like, I'm so excited to meet you. He goes, I, I really love the Ricky. I, he was like, thank you, you and Mike, for doing it every week. You guys are really doing a public service. He goes, Liberty Ballers, writes to Ricky Sanchez, thank you so much. And I was just like <laughs> – and of course, there's Val. Val came with me. And we had – half of the ride over was just me talking about how the bus trip was sold out and how much I love that we have like this community of people, how awesome I think it is. And then I walk into a WIP client event and the first thing I hear is about the podcast. So She's got a – what is her opinion about all this? She's got to roll her eyes about it a lot. Well, I, I think she rolls her eyes about it but she, she – Val, I love my – one of the reasons I love my wife so much is that she is genuinely concerned about my happiness. Like she likes to see me happy and I think she notices that when – when and I love the people that listen to the radio station too, but but like but this is come on a, no I do I I mean it's awesome that anyone would choose to listen to anything that I did, but this thing is very special to me because it is not my job. It is you know it's something that we do because we like it, and and its success has been a a massive shock to me, and um, I think. I think it's so. I think she gets though she rolls her eyes. She will stand there and listen to a Ricky listener talk about it for an hour, whereas like a WIP listener, I think she'd probably give them about sixty seconds. So okay, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, she. So I, I look at her like. Uh, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights? I did not. I've been told because I think Taylor Kitsch is dreamy that I should watch it, but I've never watched. Yeah, it. Yeah, and for other reasons, you should watch it. It's yeah. a good show. But uh, but yeah, she's she's like. You're like a very like a bizarro world, Eric Taylor, uh, and the Sixers fans that we seem to cultivate are uh, are a fucked up Dylan Texas. Yeah, and she's she's Tammy Taylor. Oh well, I don't you'll, know what you'll that get means. It, you'll yeah. get it eventually. Somebody likes it when they're listening. Yeah, and she so she's all good. She sees like the the joy that it brings me. So and and actually, while I'm on that topic, and and now that oh uh, by the way, if uh, we're available on Stitcher. And uh, we're available on iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes. And whenever Google Music launches their podcast, we're on there too. We've been approved there too. The one other thing I wanted to mention, we've gotten a lot of like tweets and emails about the actual, the trust the process handshake. So it seems like this is going to have to be a real thing. So we'll work People on like it. like handshakes. Yeah. It'll, we're taking your ideas. But the, I, I forwarded Mike an email from a guy named John who loves the podcast, has only been listening for a few weeks, it seems like, has caught up and suggested that I find a tattoo parlor to give everyone – and there was – you saw the email. It didn't seem like he was kidding at all. He wants – he didn't – yeah. He, he, he seemed lucid. Yes, yeah. It was a very clear email. It was written well. He was like, how about we all get a tattoo? That way we all know who everyone else is, which is he's like pitching, – He's pitching us to be Death Eaters. Yeah, that is what he's for. and dude, like I have a ton of tattoos. I'm I'm someone that doesn't really think too much about the tattoos I get anymore. But I was sort of like, whoa, buddy, you know, like this was. But I do have a if if I I can't imagine people would do this, but I do have. I go to Art Machine in Fishtown, and I know Tim, the guy that does it, would do it. But that's crazy. I'm not doing that. So don't don't get John. Do not get uh, <laughs> uh, the 
write Sergey Sanchez tattoo or trust the process tattoo. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's talk about uh, this. Has been the first time I think. Well, actually, it's only the first time in a few weeks, but it's it's. I I think the first since last year when they started zero and seventeen, it is the first time that people the uh, that our group forgetting about like the the outsiders, but the insiders have grown. Um, impatient and uncomfortable and a lot of questioning about what's going on and I think the the cherry on top like the fact that they're 0-12 doesn't help but the cherry on, on top was that game the other night where not only were they bad but they looked like they just didn't care yeah oh okay I, so, so I mean so. oh I thought you were going to keep leading up no, to it oh yeah so and I'll say that I was so I was there at the game. It was the first yeah. time that my I took my cousin Alec. It was the first time my my tickets hadn't sold, so I decided to go to the game, and I was excited to go. And I really did think that there was a. Ch- I always I know I say that they're going to win every game, but I always think there's a chance they could win. Mostly because they shouldn't win any of the games. So and I know they're going to win a certain amount of them. So I always think they're so going by to definition, win. if they shouldn't win any, they might win all. Right. That, and that's legitimately – everybody thinks I'm trolling. I'm not really. I, I really think every night that this is going to be the night. And it was a really first quarter, quarter and a, a third was they looked pretty good, you know, yeah. and they were hanging with them. And, yeah. and then it happened. It fell apart. And I got to tell you, like watching them there, – there were two parts of me. First, there was like the visceral reaction of watching them not give a shit. And the turnovers and Okafor just letting people dunk and like if it, it made me sick, like I was nauseous. I was so angry that they didn't care. Then, you know, you think back to last year, and I, I'd say that we were all relatively happy with with last year with how it went. And there were games like it's it's we really want them to be to tr- to give hundred ten percent effort and still lose every game and still be okay with that. But the reality is, is that that that's very difficult to do, you know. So, so a little later on, I was like, well, you know, they're they're not going to be able to, you know, be in there until the fourth quarter of every game and want to give it all, even when they're getting their asses kicked. But I got to tell you, it was still like it was disconcerting to watch, to actually view. I don't think it changed any of my my grand view on anything, but it was it was like it was really really ugly. Yeah. Um... It was frustrating, and it's been frustrating for a few games now, and it definitely culminated in that Pacers game because the Pacers are not a good team. They were missing some guys. Uh, Paul George is obviously electric, and, and Monte Ellis, former Sixer Monte Ellis, can score uh, whenever he wants. Um, but there was just such – it just felt like a lot of – needless doubling on defense and then like being surprised when a guy would be open uh usually for three usually for like a wide open three and very little attempts to close out very little just rotation yeah any any sort of consideration about like how to rotate on defense it's it's tough because they were a good they made themselves into a good defensive team last year um, for a while, I don't know where they ended up, but for a while they were like the top ten defense, um, and they just couldn't do anything on offense. And now there's a little bit more of that. But um, 
Yeah, it it feels like this is the first, and that there's always a couple like every month, every couple months, there's this will happen. Yeah, there, there, um, you know, it happened. I think I think probably the last time people were this like bummed was probably Embiid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When we found out, and uh, and I think it's a different kind of it because it's like people are like like pleading with them to be better. Like it's not it doesn't for the most part, I mean, you know, I think uh the mainstream media, whether it's like a Bomani Jones type or like a critic of hoops type, whatever, people that say like, oh Sixers fans like hate this and it's hopeless and and uh you know that like people don't believe it. But but the people that at least we talk to, and I think, as you said last week, you have a good handle on how people respond to it. Either they like what they're doing and are are on board, or they don't give a fuck and casually be like, the fucking Sixers are a joke, and, yeah. and then they're past it. Yeah. The people, that, the people that care seem to be in it, at least. Um, but this this is at a point now where they're... It's been so long. It's been two and a half years, two plus years, whatever, of like watching this kind of basketball, and to have to have a showing against a team in a winnable game where they just look like, you know, was this all for nothing? Like, is this is this ever going to get to where we've collectively dreamt that it could get to? And it's one game, you know, the, obviously they're 0 and 12, so it's 12 games, but at least the big reaction is it's one game. And I think they'll play the next couple games and, and dig themselves out of this hole. Maybe they'll win a game, maybe they won't, but uh, the, the, it'll stem the tide of, of real, I'd say, fury and uh, being inconsolable about where this is um it's sad it's sad to because you're i don't think anybody wants to turn against uh hinky or 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 brett or the plan in place after this one game but but there is a sense of like maybe maybe we just didn't hit you know maybe um, maybe we got a bunch of chances, and we did, and put ourselves in a good position to succeed and to come away with a superstar or a couple superstars or a couple guys, and and maybe these aren't them. Maybe we just missed out on Wiggins and Towns and whoever, and uh, and it wasn't it, but. I think that's that's where your head goes after after like a really bad game where you're like, well, then what the fuck? Yeah. Well, it, the, the hard thing to find is perspective because we don't have any. because it's one game and maybe yeah. that's all bullshit. Yeah, and we we don't we don't we've been we've been in this in this land. I I will say to our to our to our benefit and our detriment, there is no perspective, right? So the to our benefit and there's no perspective. <laughs> there's never been perspective. Yeah. The only perspective we have is is that. For ten years, we were mediocre, 
and aimless. Yeah, we live in this weird. Well, I've said this a million times. We live in this weird world where where the guys that real that guys like Jakar Sampson, who by the way had a really nasty dunk and tried to fire up the team and it didn't work the other day. Paul yeah. George, Paul George, then followed up by crossing him over and making him fall down. Um, <laughs> but 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 like where guys like Jakar and all those things, where where everything matters on a different level to us because we we're so deeply immersed in it. And that that first of all, it makes all the losses easier to handle. But it it also so that's the good thing. It, it takes away that that perspective. But when when you lose a lot of that perspective, you you don't know. Like I feel like I don't know how good Jaleel Okafor is. I have no idea because I think if he was on, I look at Porzingis, right? And it's very easy to think if Okafor was on the Knicks. And by the way, here's what I'll say about Knicks fans and New York and all that: when things are are good. They make it makes everything more exciting. It just it really does. It's it's a really cool thing. Like that's why Linsanity was so cool, and like that's why you know Porzingis gets twenty nine, and it's all of a sudden we whiffed, and it's like, hey, by the way, I think our guy got twenty nine like three times, right? And you sort of feel like if Okafor was on the Knicks, we would be having that same weight. Did we take the wrong guy thing? Yeah, you know? of course. So so you lose that perspective. I don't know. And and here so here's the other thing. So so there's two there's two worries here. There's the yes, did we miss? Did we not get the guy? What if we don't get the guy this time? What if we can't make a trade? You know, is there three more years of it? There, there's that. And then there's the other thing that I think starts to sneak in your head, which is the can they really can can human beings really deal with this many years of this on purpose? You know, you know yeah. when they're not trying. But then I go and I think I'm sorry. I'm just sort of thinking out loud with all of this. Yeah, what the hell is this podcast about? Yeah, there, there's not a lot of guys here that have been through all of it. Like, like if Jaleel Okafor can't handle 12 losses, well, then he can like then fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of guys that have been here for all of this who have gone through three years of it. It's really just. Hollis Thompson and Brett Brown, like I, you know what and, I mean. And, I well, Nerlens, yeah, yeah, but he and didn't, he there. didn't play the first year, right? So, so it's, yeah, I, I don't know. And it seems like Nerlens might be a little hurt. Actually, it seems like he's not really well after the wrist thing. He, he was, he was moping a lot. Didn't play a, a lot of the second half the other night. And then there's the other thing that creeps into my head is like, well, the reason they had third, thirty turnovers, one is that they don't care, but then the other thing, and they're not very good, but then the other thing is that, well, maybe they just need their point guards to play, and then maybe that will make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you watch TJ McConnell, and the clock struck midnight on Cinderella McConnell a little bit, in that everybody, we, we joked about him not shooting a free throw, and by the way, he still hasn't, and I th- <laughs> What has happened, to my eyes, is that the other teams know he's not going to try to lay the ball up, so he gets underneath, and there's no, like, he doesn't draw the defense in anymore, so there's no one to pass it to. So all of a sudden, like, his assist totals go down, he has to run it out and takes that little eight-foot jumper, which I think the other team is going to let him take forever in a day. So, well, he was, seven, he was seven of nine the other night in his yeah. two threes. But they were all jumpers. They they were all sure. none of, none of them were finishing at the rim. And as I think he had five uh, turnovers to his three assists. So the thing that he was effective at was getting other people the ball. And I think the other teams have sort of limited that, which has has made it harder for them to. I don't know. I, I'm talking about a lot of things. I I think I I'm still. Let's stay, let's stay big picture. Yeah, big picture. Um, I I still 
big picture after thinking about it for a couple of days and after like my my stomach hurting after that game and actually yeah. being bummed i still am I, I nothing has changed in that i think they can recover from this like i don't think i think the big question for me is have they dug themselves a hole that is too deep to climb out of and i think the answer is still no and and have they quote unquote missed and have they you know done all the right things you know trusted the process but the you know but it has i i, I don't think i'm there yet i think that's where i've sort of no and i and i i don't even think that it, it it's just it's just what a game like that does to you. It's just that's the sort of thing where you're like, well, what would this ever have? Would a good, would a bunch of eventual superstars ever let this happen? And right, to, right, to, right. to that extent, to go 0 and 12, and then to have the 12th loss be this in this sort of fashion. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. The answer is yes. And to to say that. These guys aren't eventually going to contribute to a really good team because of this is is silly. But that's just when when the when there's one game that's so frustrating. Um, you can only imagine how frustrating it is for the players. And I I really don't on the broader scale believe in losing culture or anything because I think once the players are here, they'll play well together if they're well coached. But I do worry about people getting dislodged on their path because there's so much frustration here. I, I think we don't want people who are, you know, weak willed anyway, but you know, if people are so fucking frustrated that they can't if they're if they're you know, Nick Saskis right now is playing very tight. Yes. And like really trying so hard to get it all back in every possession and is making mistakes and um, they need to play loose. They need to play like they know what they're doing and most of the time they don't. And, uh, you know, you feel bad for Brett. My friend asked me, like, do you think that they're going to fire Brett as like a scapegoat? And they can't do that they could not do that that would be devastating he is the only part of this that hasn't been like criticized every every yeah, yeah every, everyone's gotten shit on them yeah like between Nerlens and jaleel and everyone else and the people that no one knows their name like everyone has shit on them and brett still doesn't and so if they fire brett then that is insane so i i i Said that they couldn't, but and he can't quit. By the way, he can't quit. And he can't because, quit because no. his his record is zero and a thousand, and nobody's yeah. going to hire him after that. And he still has a good reputation around the league, which is impressive. It's a testament to how candid he is and how hopefully good of a coach he will become. Um, I just said will become almost Scotty Wilbekin. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's a, maybe <laughs> maybe that's it's a, a sign. Point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think they just. They need a win so bad that that it would just stop the stampede of takes. Uh, that would help a lot. Yeah. And they play Charlotte, and Charlotte's bad. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so here's the thing: we do this whole thing, and they they might win tonight, and it yeah, they wipes they, out they, everything. They should win tonight. That would be good. Yeah, it would be. Um, I, and I, I think I think we've talked about this. I think. Now is the time 
where like it it feels like we're just on our own and i feel like people look to us to like make them feel better or worse or whatever but it should be you know brett can't keep giving the same press conference no again and again because he's tired of it and i think this is the time when you know i usually don't give a shit about sam hankey avoiding the media and i think for the most part it works in his favor when it comes to anything but he's such a well-spoken guy that he has a way of making this all seem okay and i think i i think people would really appreciate it and it would it would help if he just like was like yeah no we we we're pissed off but we get it and it's gonna get better and whatever whatever yeah, 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 yeah. We just need to be patted on the head and I told think everything that's will be okay. Yeah, we skinned our knee, and uh, and we just need to look at our parent and notice that our parent isn't crying, so we don't cry either. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> Why don't we take a, a a quick break to talk about the uh, sponsor of the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, LL Pavorsky Jewelers? We need to congratulate our buddy Walt, longtime Ricky listener, who went to, heard about. You know, LL Pavorsky Jewelers on the Ricky went to L- went and saw Lee. Had a great experience. We I read his email last week. He proposed to his girlfriend on Tuesday, and it is now his fiance. So, like I I think somehow we got Walt married, like us and LL Pavorsky <laughs> Jewelers. So congratulations, Walt. He did a very cute thing. He took his uh, his now fiance to dinner where they had their first date, and when they brought out dessert, there was "Will you married me?" Sp- sp- like written out on the dessert uh, plate. So um, so he if did. In the market for a best man, Spike gives a great speech. Yeah, yeah. How about it, Walt? Come on, buddy. No pressure. Uh, so congratulations, Walt. We have a second Ricky listener who purchased their engagement ring from Lee. When we have a full engagement, we will let you know. Look, and if we and if we hear that it, the engagement doesn't go well, then we'll own up to it. We'll say yeah. we're one and one. Yeah, we'll say we'll say it, and I'll tell you what. Even if the engagement itself doesn't go well, I can tell you what did go well was buying the ring. <laughs> the thing about it is. You know, you go into a lot of jewelry stores and there's a hundred salespeople in there, right? You don't know who you're dealing with. Or you buy, you go to buy it on the internet. You, you, you're not dealing with anybody. You're dealing with some, some chat session, right? You go to LL Pavorsky Jewelers, you're dealing with LL. Lee is in there. He is going to hold your hand if you need it, physically or just spiritually. He's going to guide you through the process. He's going to answer every question you have. You know, I, there are a million questions. I had a million. And he is going to get you in the right spot. And it, you, the ring could cost anything. You know, rings from, you know, a, a dollar to a million dollars. Lee is going to be able to figure it out to you. It, and and here's the other thing. You go in there, you talk about it. A lot of times a purchase like this, you feel pressure to leave before you, to buy it before you leave. Not so. You want to go home and think about it? Go home and think about it. You want to call Lee during off hours and discuss it? He'll talk to you. Only You're going to only deal with Lee and you're going to have – and then – and here's the best part. You go and you get engaged. You have a jeweler you can trust for the rest of your life. You can call Lee if you want to talk it over before you go in there, 215-627-2252. You can email him. You can tweet him at LL Pavorsky. He's always available, always on call like we like to say. Um, and – by the way, keep uh, the date the date reserved, Saturday night, December 5th from 5 to 9, the L.L. Pavorsky holiday party and new website launch party. Big raffles coming. 
So LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Lee, for every podcast, a sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, he makes a very generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and Rain. You can visit the store at 707walnutllpavorsky.com or, like I said, Lee on Twitter at LL Pavorsky. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Hands down, the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia. <laughs> It's the truth. You know there are many cheesesteaks at the holiday party. Many oh, cheesesteaks. Like the size of your finger. Yeah. Great. So um, so here's my question to you about this whole thing. And the, the pod is going to be a little shorter than normal today just because of when we're doing it. Is there anything that you feel like Sam or Brett could have or should have done to not have – aside from making a different pick, right? Um is there anything different that they should be doing or could be doing or have done that would make it not that, – that, that would have not given us the basement that we got the other night, you know, that would have us feeling a little bit better about the team? Um, I feel like, I feel like some, something needs to happen and that it feels a little reactionary. Um, if, if it's as much as like, you know – trading Isaiah Cannon for anything like having someone else come in making some some pickup of some guy some guy who's like about to be in the D league but like it's actually not bad something to where it's anything but again I think that wouldn't solve the problem that would just be that would just like sort of quench my thirst for like come on yeah something yeah well Um, well, and, and re- remember, the other night, something almost happened in that Nerlens almost came off the bench, you know, uh, Brett trying to match up. And I thought that was, it was interesting on a number of levels. Like, first, it was Brett just trying to match up with a small lineup, and it turned out Indy didn't do the small lineup, so Nerlens started. But to me, it was sort of about, I was questioning, is does Brett feel, like, is this a move where, hey, today, getting this win is more important than Okafer and Noel playing together? You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe. I, was start- I think I-, I think that's that's probably where we're at for some people. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think like you know a couple games of Okafor and Nerlens playing together, not playing together in the starting lineup, is like gonna impede their progress if they ever play together as a future. I think th- I think at this point, a couple games of whatever it takes to win is probably best. It's not like we have like Ben Gordon and Willie Green that they're gonna start giving the ball to. Everyone is a potential piece of the future. Yeah. Um, so whoever does that, that was like the frustrating part of a couple of years ago when it was like, oh, the Sixers won on MCW one, but like it was because Evan Turner had a decent game or Hawes or whatever. Um, this is like everyone is a potential piece, which is exciting and also I think the reason that they're sucking so bad because they don't have some stable force, you know. Lucas Chardon-Bamute, I hated him for much of last year and then turned, I think, uh, for the last couple of months because it seemed like he was actually helping. Um, but but he, he did everything right. Help. Yeah, he do yeah. it. He did everything right in the sense of like at least he was there in the right places. Yeah, and I think probably helped out. And I think you could probably say the same about Jay Rich when he when he came back. Um, I think you know a, a really good game from Covington would do. Would yeah. do wonders. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. I think well, no, uh, nobody's hitting shots. Nobody. Nobody's I mean, shots. I, I mean that was I mean, one thing. Cannon had that one game where he hit like five or six threes. 
and that was okay. Yeah, the, the other night, it was just like I was just dying for Stauskas or Covington or Hollis to hit a shot. Man, talk about a game for me to be in person with Hollis. Like, I, every shot was Hollis, Tom, Hollis Thompson missing a three in my head watching that game. I was like – I was like, 40%, buddy. I, I said, 40% from deep. I, I said to Alec, I was like, he's never hit a three, Alec. He's never hit a three. <laughs> he's never hit a three. I've never seen one go in. Never. Uh, uh, yeah. I, it'll be uh, good. No, I think Covington coming back, Kendall Marshall or, or Tony Roden coming back would be so big. Yeah. I would love it. Anything to just like drum up a little bit of just like, hey, here we go. I mean, TJ McConnell, bless his heart, has played the second most minutes on this team. It's crazy. And that's insane. I mean, if you said that in training camp, people would have laughed at you. Well, I, and, I think uh, too, I think too, getting Roten back in a basketball sense, it is like – it will be the other guy on the team who can actually, besides Okafer, who you can actually give the ball to and say, yeah. "Hey, create like get a bucket." Like there's yeah. nobody else on the team really that can do that. Yeah, Jaleel right now has almost twice as many shots as the next person, and that I think for a rookie is tough. Yeah, and he shot 48 percent. Like that's good. That's I expected worse. You know, 48 yep. percent at this point with, with this much roll. Um, yeah. But I think I think this this feels still like a like a big picture podcast. Um, so I guess you know I wasn't sure how how this was going to go. Me and you talking like this in terms of like how down on us we, where we're going to get. Um, but I th- I feel like we're mostly positive. I feel like this is mostly like a you know we're treating this like the bump in the road that it is. Yeah, hey, you know it's funny. Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day. He's like. Um, you know, I, I look at Orlando and I think to myself, yeah. well, maybe I had, I had, we wish we had taken Alfred Payton. And like, you know, I, we've talked about the Jazz. Like, first of all, Orlando has two, a few things. Orlando has a year start on us um, because and Orlando also had a, a superstar trade to to jumpstart all of this. Remember, I mean, they had yes, a Dwight we Howard had a superstar trade. trade that caused us to do this in the other right. way. And then the other thing is like I look at Orlando and unless Aaron Gordon is is it, like I don't look at their team and see a superstar anywhere really. Yeah, you know? I, think, so, I think in an ideal world – first of all, the, the Alfred Payton trade got us the first-round pick that Doug Collins traded back. Yes, yes. So that is a separate thing. People probably are, are – some people are probably slightly sick of the first-round picks in the yes. future that don't Which exist Which is fair. Yet. Which is fair. Yeah, I get yeah. it. But that was a huge trade because we moved one pick, one pick back, and got a first round pick back. So unreal. Um, but second, I think I think people, and I think maybe even me, um, just splitting the difference between us and Orlando is probably what people would be happy with. Like still yeah, our yeah. guys, still the same general idea, but but with players contributing more now. Yes, with some some veterans, but like you know, they're they're playing they're paying Channing Fry big money, and that's sort of weird. And there's some weird guys in there that shouldn't be there and that have no business being there. And Scott Skiles is just going to Doug Collins his way into like an eight seed. Well, and uh, here's the other thing: they have they have now two guys who are on their second contracts in Vucevic and Tobias Harris. Yeah. You know, so so that's a good way to judge it. In that you know we were talking about Utah a couple of weeks ago, we don't have any guys on that contract yet. Yeah. So so that's when you start judging. You know, if one of these guys is 
you know, up for renewal, you know, and starts getting paid fourteen million dollars, then I think that will coinc- will hopefully coincide with when we start to see more, you know, actual good basketball. They got it, you know. Yeah. I, it's just next year has to be better than this year. It has to be markedly better than this year. I I'm think not saying that, that about this year. I think that people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually well, that, saying that about this year. Well, then we just keep moving the target, like they say Hinky does. Yeah. Saying, <laughs> no, I think I think we said that about this year. Uh, when Embiid went down, I think we, you know, I don't think anyone was like, this is the year where it all comes together. I think I think I was saying this was the year where it's not embarrassing. Yeah. This is the year they start look like a look like a real basketball team on the court. And I think I still think that's going to be true. I think, um, you know, Brett before the season said we're we're like two weeks behind, and it turns out they're more than that. But they have looked good at different parts of the season. Like they almost like they gave San Antonio a run. Like it was it was not that game was yeah. not every I mean, every game. A, but, yeah, every game hasn't been the Pacers game. Yes, you know, like, and it's yeah, just tough yeah. because it seems like it's been a month between the Pacers game and right now. Um, yeah. and they just need to get get out there and win one. But it can't if it gets to the Owen. I mean, this is probably the last. You know, people are talking about it, but tonight is probably the last night where the Owen seventeen drum will start to be really hit. And like, yeah, if yep. if hit that again and like break that record, then then I think people would start to get like very anxious and I, I i don't know what you know josh harris doesn't talk to me maybe add josh harris to that because just some some level of like him saying it's going to be okay or him saying we still trust the process for lack of a better word well i mean uh, god bless josh harris but nobody wants to hear from josh harris like no like, i know but just like I, I mean i guess there haven't been stories of turmoil or anything i think no. i think just in terms of like a pat pat on the head like hey because Sixers fans spend half the time being Sixers fans defending themselves to other people who think they're idiots. It's it's got to be Sam. It's got to be Sam. It's got it like like I've heard, we've heard enough from Scott and enough from Brett. Nobody cares what Josh Harris has to say. I don't think in a in a very respectful way. I mean that if we're talking about like our like our army, like yeah, I, ju- I think it's got to right. be Sam. Yeah, um, I, I got to wrap I up. Josh would do a little bit just just in sense for me. It just in sense of like, hey, nobody's gonna get fired. Like we're still. Yeah, still in this. We're still with this. We haven't like derailed ourselves from this track. And then he'd land a, another helicopter on a kid's uh, soccer field somewhere. And then that was. Cool. That was. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. That was fucking cool. I would do it if I could. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, we'll have a full length podcast next week. Um, they're gonna win tonight, aren't they? They're gonna win tonight. Yeah. Yeah. If they win yeah. tonight, maybe we do an emergency middle of the night, Ricky. Yeah, I'm all for it. If they win tonight, yeah, <laughs> just text me. I'm all in. Um, we can even, I can even call you even if you don't have your laptop. So uh, thanks for listening to the rights of Ricky Sanchez. Always brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Ricky listeners go to get engaged for real. It really happened. 707 Walnut in Philly. Always at LLPavorsky.com. Mike, I will talk to you in the middle of the night when they win. One win, baby. All right. See you, Mike. Like I said, won't you head, son, and only take a second.